Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, and it has happened again. California rocked by another mass shooting. The second in that state just this week. It's January 24th. This is today. Breaking overnight, at least seven people killed, this time outside San Francisco. Dramatic video showing the suspect being taken into custody. What a tragedy to see these innocent people lose their lives. And right now, we just don't have the answers yet. While in Southern California, the community of Monterey Park comes together to remember the 11 people killed there. We're live with the very latest on both investigations. Here it comes, a powerful new winter storm set to race across the entire country. Tens of millions in the path of snow, rain, and high winds. Al's got the timing and the track. Demanding justice, the family of a man who died following a confrontation with Memphis police breaks their silence after seeing video of the incident. I couldn't, once I heard my son say, what did I do? I just, I lost it. What they say the footage reveals and their call for the five officers to be charged with murder. In the hot seat, Ticketmaster being called before Congress today in the wake of that Taylor Swift pre-sale fiasco. I'm not getting tickets. What the company is now saying was behind that mess and the new push aimed at changing the entire way you get concert tickets. All that plus, stop sharing. It is official. Netflix ready to start its password crackdown on tens of millions of accounts. What you need to know just ahead. Today, Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Good to see you. Welcome to today. It's a Tuesday morning. Happy you're with us. Yeah, nice to have you along. It's a busy morning. Want to get right to our top story. Yet another mass shooting in California. At least seven people were killed in Half Moon Bay. That's just south of San Francisco. The suspected gunman apprehended by police late yesterday. And that happened roughly 400 miles away from Monterey Park, California, where residents are still reeling from the mass shooting that happened there less than 48 hours before. The death toll in that case has risen. It's now 11 people killed. It's January the 24th, 24 days into the new year. And get this, there have already been 38 mass shootings in the United States so far this year. We have complete coverage. We're gonna start with NBC's Miguel Almaguer who made his way to Half Moon Bay overnight. Hey Miguel, good morning. Hoda, good morning. This is the first of two locations where the gunman opened fire. As you mentioned, at least seven people are dead. An eighth person is hospitalized in critical condition. Investigators say this appears to be a workplace shooting, but the exact motive remains unclear. Police say the hunt for the gunman came to an end just outside their front doors at a sheriff's substation. The 67-year-old man, suspected of killing at least seven, taken into custody in the sleepy coastal town of Half Moon Bay after being spotted by a deputy. He saw the suspect inside of 
the um, vehicle laying there in the front seat and then um, also um, was able to see a weapon. California's second mass shooting in 48 hours happened at two different agricultural locations just miles apart. Authorities say at the first scene, just before 2.30 p.m. Monday, four were killed, a fifth gunned down in critical condition. Minutes later, the gunman driving down the road and allegedly taking three more lives. The sheriff saying the bloodshed unfolding in front of families and children who live on the property. I cannot imagine what those kids witness today. Authorities have now identified the suspect as 67-year-old Chun Li Zhao. The sheriff saying he worked at the mushroom farm where investigators believe he took the lives of co-workers. People saw him there today and um, it seemed like a normal day for everyone. And then this tragedy happened. Two hours after the shooting, the 67-year-old was arrested. This mass shooting rocking the state just two days after investigators say a 72-year-old man killed 11 people in Southern California. We're still reeling from one, and I was there um, consoling my colleagues who represent those areas. Next thing I know, they're consoling me. Governor Gavin Newsom was still in Los Angeles when he heard about the shooting in Northern California, tweeting in part, tragedy upon tragedy. This morning, another mass shooting and seven more lives lost. It hurts. Our hearts are broken. A sense of heartbreak that seems tragically routine. Yeah, it sure does. Miguel, um, we're learning more details now about the arrest. What can you tell us? Well, Hoda, police did recover a semi-automatic weapon that was in that suspect's vehicle. They believe he acted alone. But, of course, the big question this morning remains motive. Hoda. All right, Miguel Almaguer for us. Miguel, thank you. Now the other California community left reeling from a mass shooting. Overnight, a vigil was held for the 11 victims killed in Monterey Park. And we're learning now more about them as well as the gunman. And the investigation is moving forward. NBC's Steve Patterson is on the scene with the details we've got this morning. Hi, Steve. Good morning to you. Savannah, good morning. And this community still in mourning after that horrific mass shooting on Saturday night that killed 11 people overnight. We have learned that one victim was discharged from the hospital. And we're learning a whole lot more about that 72-year-old suspected shooter who charged into not one, but two ballrooms that night. Still, police say they don't have a motive. A quiet Los Angeles suburb still reeling after a Lunar New Year celebration turned into a scene of terror. Exclusive video obtained by NBC showing the harrowing struggle for survival between the gunman and a heroic man who may have prevented even more deaths by wrestling away his weapon from a second ballroom. I had the belief that I was going to die, like my life was ending here. Then it came, it dawned on me that this was the moment to disarm him. I could do something here. Police say 72-year-old Hu Can Tran first entered the Star Ballroom Dance Studio in Monterey Park after 10 on Saturday night and opened fire. 42 rounds were fired by the suspect at that location. 10 people were killed that night, all in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. I hear the, the noise, pop, 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 so I just want... Just 20 minutes after fleeing the first scene, police say the gunman arrived at a second ballroom in Alhambra, where 26-year-old Brandon Say was manning the front desk of the dance hall. Say managed to gain control of his weapon, and the attacker fled. Multiple law enforcement sources familiar with the investigation tell NBC News that while an exact motive remains elusive, the evidence so far points to a personal motive. 
About 80 miles east of Monterey Park, investigators searched Trent's home for more clues, finding hundreds of rounds of ammunition, a rifle, and materials for homemade firearm suppressors. Trent's ex-wife told CNN she met him at the Star Ballroom Dance Studio about two decades ago. She said he worked as a truck driver at the time and could be quick to anger. They divorced in 2006. Tran spent time volunteering at that studio and clashed with fellow instructors, according to Adam Hood, who once befriended him. Hood telling the New York Times he just didn't have friends there. Katia Vass, an instructor at the ballroom, says she's still in disbelief. Everybody united to be happy, to enjoy, to be family. And then someone just come out of the blue and just destroy the whole thing. A relative of 65-year-old victim May May Nan, writing that she spent many years going to the dance studio. It was what she loved to do. Her warm smile and kindness were contagious. Police say Tran has a limited criminal history, including an unlawful firearms possession charge back in 1990. We know they are heavily looking at his personal connections, but say they just aren't ready to announce a motive yet. So, Ben, back to you. Steve Patterson, Monterey Park. Thank you. Another major story this morning. We're talking about severe weather. Tens of thousands in New England do not have power after a blast of snow and ice. And the next storm, it's already taking shape. It's expected to unleash winter weather from the southwest all the way to the northeast and potential tornadoes in the south. Al's got a first look at what we can expect. Wow, this is a big mess. Yeah, it's a real wild day today, and it's just going to get worse. You can already see this storm getting itself together. Rain in Texas, snow in the panhandle of Texas as well, into parts of New Mexico. Winter weather alerts for 58 million people from the southwest all the way into New England. Wind alerts for 39 million people. Plus, we've got a severe threat through tonight. 12 million people, strong tornadoes possible, damaging winds, gusts. And in fact, this is the area from Victoria, Texas, through Galveston, New Orleans, which just had a tornado back in mid-December, all the way to Mobile, a significant tornado threat. And these could be nocturnal tornadoes, which are twice as deadly. So we're watching that today. Snow and a wintry mix in the southern plains, an enhanced risk for that severe weather along the Gulf. Then for tonight into tomorrow, Severe storms from Norfolk, Virginia, all the way down to Tallahassee. Heavy snow moving into the Northeast and the Great Lakes. In fact, we may see our first measurable snow here in New York City before it changes over to rain, and then it pushes out on Thursday. The windy conditions will continue throughout the Northeast into the Appalachians, along Appalachians, I should say, along with gusts and snow showers hanging around. So here's what we're looking at. Snowfall-wise, Lubbock, Texas, 2 to 4 inches. Oklahoma City, 1 to 4. Springfield, Missouri, 5 to 10. St. Louis, 4 to 8. Detroit could see 4 to 6 inches of snow. And then as we move into the Northeast and New England, Burlington, 4 to 8. Boston, 1 to 3. Scranton, three to five inches. And then as we move to the south, rainfall rates up to an inch and a half per hour, flooding possible. And again, that dangerous risk of, risk of tornadoes, guys, it is going to be a very busy 24 hours. Mm. All right, Al, thank you. In the meantime, new details are coming to light in a disturbing case in Memphis, Tennessee. A 29-year-old man died following a traffic stop that escalated into a violent confrontation. The five officers involved have been fired. And now the family of Tyree Nichols is speaking out for the first time after they were shown video of the encounter. NBC's Priscilla Thompson joins us. Priscilla, you sat, you were with the family right after they saw that video. What did they have to say? Uh, Savannah, good morning. The family says that this was a horrific and heinous attack, and they also revealed the last words they heard their son say on that tape. Three cries for his mom. 
This morning, outrage in Memphis is growing over the death of 29-year-old Tyree Nichols at the hands of police. He was a human pinata for those police officers. It was an unadulterated, unabashed, nonstop beating of this young boy for three minutes. Oh my God. His mother, inconsolable, after officials showed the family and their attorneys body camera footage from the deadly encounter. I watched about a minute of it, but I couldn't. Once I heard my son say, What did I do? I just, I lost it and I couldn't. The footage, not yet released to the public, shows a January 7th traffic stop that left Nichols in the hospital in critical condition. He died three days later. Police say they pulled Nichols over for reckless driving, that a confrontation followed and Nichols fled on foot. Then another confrontation, after which Nichols complained of shortness of breath. All of this, his parents say, just yards from their home. The family and their attorneys unable to speak in detail about the video due to the investigation, but giving a disturbing account of what they saw. Regrettably, it reminded us of Rodney King video. All five officers have since been fired after an internal investigation found they violated multiple department policies, including excessive use of force, duty to intervene, and duty to render aid. What does justice look like? Murder one. Charges for all five officers. Along with the Shelby County District's Attorney's Office, the FBI and Department of Justice are also now investigating as Tyree's parents remember their son as a good kid who loved to skateboard and watch the sunset. And I'm trying to stay strong, but it's very difficult. And the Memphis Police Association, which represents the officers, isn't commenting on the case, but they say that the community and the family deserves a complete account of what happened. And it's also important to note that in addition to the five officers who were fired, two Memphis Fire Department personnel who were involved in the initial patient care have also been relieved of duty pending an internal investigation. Now, as for when this video could be released publicly, the Shelby County District Attorney's Office says that could come this week or next, saying that they don't want the release to compromise the investigation. Savannah? So many questions there. Priscilla, thank you very much. Uh, 714, Craig joins the table. We have an important health story to get to. We do, Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. The FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, considering a major shift when it comes to the COVID vaccine, including a new proposal to make it an annual shot for most adults and children, similar to the flu vaccine. That idea is set to be discussed at an advisory panel meeting on Thursday. NBC medical contributor Dr. Natalie Azar is here to explain what it means for all of us. Dr. Azar, always good to have you. So, I mean, this this flu shot model proposal, essentially, what do you, what do you make of it on its face? So I think that all experts would agree that the process needs to be simpler. Okay. I think where we're going to see the debate is whether or not there really is a wisdom to updating the vaccine every single year for variants that are changing so rapidly. Mm -hmm. And I think we're also going to hear a lot of discussion about who should be eligible or who should be getting this updated vaccine every year. If you're young and otherwise healthy, 
Is this something that you should be doing? And it raises the philosophical question of, you know, what's our endpoint? The vaccines are still working very well to prevent hospitalization and death. But folks out there who are living with long COVID, many patients who I see would argue that preventing infection is really important. So is it cost effective to be doing this? What about concentrating on that nasal vaccine? Uh, what about a universal vaccine? So I think it's going to be a very lively debate. And I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to tuning into Well, it's scarce yeah. resources and it's how do you yeah. spend them on a yearly shot or something. Some, or some other research. Precisely. That's the question. Mm-hmm. But there's also talk about, you know, we're supposed to have started with the two yeah. boost, the two vaccines and then you get your booster. There's talk about having you, if you've never had a vaccine, mm-hmm. just coming in and getting the booster and that's it. I mean, right. do we even know if that would work? So that is the number one red flag for me is that we don't. And, you know, we've had, we've had to do a few things without all the data that we've wanted, like like authorizing the bivalent vaccine. But, you know, the rationale there, I think, is pretty straightforward. It's like if you have someone who's thinking, oh, God, now I'd have to go get the two shots and then and get the booster. Does it streamline it? Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, again, like I said, there's no data for that. And so I think we're going to hear a little bit of pushback. You know, there's going to be some never vaxxers who are going to say, I don't care if it's one shot or three shots. I'm not right. going to do it. We'll see. Uh, we've done a lot of stories on the triple demic, yeah. the flu, RSV, and COVID, and now we're seeing that the numbers are going yeah. down. So does that mean that the worst is over? We're through that? That we're out of the woods? Out of the woods. Okay, well, what have we learned so far? We do not make predictions, especially live on air, about what is going to happen. Um, with RSV, we sometimes see another spring surge. With flu, we sometimes see a lull, and then we get the strain, the B strain. Mm-hmm. We've seen the A strain so far. Get your flu shot because it covers four different strains, mm-hmm. including A and B. Um, and with COVID, we never make predictions. So listen, we're doing really, really well right now. Mm-hmm. You know, 5% of hospitals, hospital beds are being taken up by COVID as opposed to 21% last year at this time. So things look good, but it's the it's just the start of winter. So okay. time will tell. Okay. Thank right. you, Thanks. Dr. Thank you. Thank you. You know who does like to, to predict the future, Al? Yeah, he does. And he's right. Just uh, go for it. That's what they paid me for. So yeah. <laughs> I I'm able to do it. Uh, let's start with the good news. Sunny and mild in the southeast right now. That will be changing. We're also looking at beautiful weather for up much of the western third of the country, but heavy snow in the plains, severe storms through the Gulf, and we're looking at that all moving to the northeast and the mid-Atlantic states over the next 24 hours. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Uh, Coming up, Ticketmaster in the hot seat on Capitol Hill today in the wake of that Taylor Swift fiasco. So could it lead to major changes in the way that all concert tickets are sold? We're going to have a live report. And then are you sharing a Netflix password? Mm. Well, prepare (laughs) to pay extra. We've got new details on the streaming services crackdown it's set to impact millions of users sharing is not caring (laughs) for netflix but first this is today on nbc lots of angry people oh boy when you're hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging to connect with candidates faster plus 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching 
learning engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're back 7.30 Tuesday morning, live look at the beautiful Boston skyline, but they're dealing with delays and power outages after yesterday's snowstorm and bracing because there's another one on the way. Yep, we're going to get right to Al's forecast just ahead. Finally going to get our snow, I think, yeah. in New York. Happening it, tomorrow. It's been a mild winter yeah. to this point. Mm-hmm. Not so much now. No, we'll get the forecast in a moment. Let's go to your headline. 732 students were fatally shot yesterday at a charter school in Des Moines, Iowa. The victims were 16 and 18 years old. Police say the suspected shooter, an 18-year-old male, was arrested and now faces two counts of murder. Two others are also in custody as this investigation unfolds. Police say the suspect and the two victims were members of opposing gangs. An Arkansas man who was photographed with his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk during the January 6th riot has been found guilty on all charges. Richard Barnett faced eight charges stemming from the 2021 insurrection, including theft of government property. Barnett said he regretted what happened that day at the Capitol, but that he did not consider his actions illegal. He could face up to a year in prison as his sentencing in May. Jacinta Ardern made her final public appearance as New Zealand's prime minister this morning. She shocked the nation last week, resigning after more than five years, saying she had nothing left in the tank. The prime minister says the thing she'll miss most is the people because they have been the joy of the job. I leave with a greater love and affection for Aotearoa New Zealand and its people than when I started. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for the greatest privilege of my life. Labor Party lawmakers voted unanimously Sunday for Chris Hipkins to take over as prime minister. He will be sworn in tomorrow. Now to today's hearing on Capitol Hill, putting Ticketmaster in the spotlight. A lot of music fans are hoping it could be the first step toward meaningful change when it comes to snapping up concert seats after the issues that were brought to light during last year's pre-sale for Taylor Swift's upcoming tour. NBC Savannah Sellers joins us now. She's got a closer look at this from Capitol Hill. Hey, Savannah, good morning. Hey, everyone. Good morning. So Ticketmaster controls more than 80 percent of the market share for major concerts. And at the center of today's hearing is whether that is too much, resulting in higher fees for fans and hurting small venues and artists. Well, Taylor Swift's biggest fans will be among those tuning in to see what changes could be coming to the 12 billion dollar industry. Taylor Swift fans have their eyes on the nation's capital. Today, members of the music industry will take center stage at a hearing examining the lack of competition in the ticketing industry. The bipartisan hearing comes in the wake of a technology breakdown on the Ticketmaster website during the pre-sale for Taylor Swift's upcoming tour. Superfans, known as Swifties, faced hours-long wait times and website crashes. I just really wanted to see Taylor. I'm not getting tickets. The president and CFO of Live Nation Entertainment, which owns Ticketmaster, as well as the CEO of SeatGeek, are among those who will face questioning. 
In advanced written testimony provided to NBC News, Live Nation Entertainment President and CFO Joe Berktold plans to tell Congress Ticketmaster should have staggered sales for Taylor Swift tickets, but will also say Ticketmaster was hit by cyber attacks during the sale, which required the company to slow down and pause sales. Still, he defends the company, adding, its performance in large on-sales is the best in the industry. The backlash over the ticket rollout from Furious fans was swift. One writing, it's called the Eras Tour because if you try to log into Ticketmaster, all you get are era messages. Swift herself publicly slammed Ticketmaster in the aftermath, writing in part, it's excruciating for me to just watch mistakes happen with no recourse. The anti-hero singer isn't the only performer to take issue with the ticket sales behemoth. Country singer Zach Bryan titled his new live album, All My Homies Hate Ticketmaster. Nearly 30 years ago, Pearl Jam tried to take on Ticketmaster, boycotting the company and filing a grievance with the Justice Department. I think that the Senate and kind of the main politicians are going to want to see some kind of sign that Ticketmaster is going to be more willing to foster competition. Senator Amy Klobuchar says fans are in a unique position to hold companies like Ticketmaster accountable. I need to make antitrust sexy again. That all sounds really boring, but it sounds a lot more interesting when a Taylor Swift fan is putting it to music. So, uh, Savannah, what what would the outcome of this be? What could actually happen as a result of these hearings? Yeah, great question. So given the scale of attention on this, experts and senators say to think of this hearing as a catalyst that could maybe help spark real policy changes, like cracking down on exclusivity agreements with venues and specifically lowering extra fees. Now, senators say having witnesses under oath will also help the Department of Justice, which is also reportedly investigating Ticketmaster right now, guys. All right, Savannah Sell is for us there on Capitol Hill. Savannah, thanks. All right, Sellhead, guys, it's that time of year. Tax filing season has arrived mm-hmm. from what you can deduct to the impact of inflation. We're going to break down the big changes you're going to want to need to know about. All right, from tax season to this, attention Netflix users, the crackdown on that password sharing, it's about to start. Emily Ikeda is all over this one. Guys, say goodbye to using your friend of a friend of a friend's Netflix account to watch your favorite shows. The streaming giant revealing that its crackdown on password sharing is imminent. Coming up, we'll tell you what we know about the shakeup in streaming. Now, 740 with today's Consumer Confidential, our series around this time. Every morning we focus on stories that will impact your money. Well, a major one for a lot of budgets, the cost of streaming services. And now, after months of talk and rumors, Netflix is ready to make its password sharing crackdown official. All right. Listen up, folks. Here it comes. NBC's Amelia Cata here with what you need to know. Emily? Good morning, guys. If you're among the 100 million plus people leaning on your great aunt, maybe a cousin or a friend of a friend to gain access to Netflix, prepare for the pause button. Netflix's terms have long said use is limited to a household, but soon the streaming giant will actually start making sure that's the case. An unprecedented move for the industry. Whether you're binge watching Wednesday or catching up on The Crown, your Netflix favorites will soon cost you more than your friend's or parent's password. Streaming giant Netflix just revealing its crackdown on password sharing is imminent and could press pause on an estimated 100 plus million viewers who are tuning in without paying up. 
The new practice, to begin rolling out by the end of March, will be similar to recent test runs in Latin American countries, where viewers outside of the primary household had to create a sub-account to tune in for an additional 2 to $3 a month, compared to the standard $15.49. Netflix hasn't said what the price tag will be in the U.S. There will be um, current members that are unhappy with this move. We'll see folks come on as new subscribers, essentially borrowers creating their accounts or incremental monetizations. News of a password sharing crackdown broke last spring after Netflix lost subscribers for the first time in more than a decade. It's a stark turnaround from a few years ago when the streaming giant seemingly encouraged users to share their accounts. Why now? It's about getting subscriber growth back on track for the company. Netflix held off as long as they could before they ultimately had to do that. Amid cooling demand and an increasingly competitive industry, more streamers have raised prices in recent months. And while Netflix is the first to break the barrier on password sharing, experts say it likely won't be the last. I think everyone will take a page out of Netflix's book. A lot of Americans are tightening their belts. In the meantime, experts say check who is utilizing your Netflix account under the Manage Access tab. You can log out specific devices. And if you're looking for ways to save, consider a cheaper ad-supported subscription that many streamers offer and search for deals connected to credit cards and phone plans as big changes set in for the binge-watching business. All right. So, Emily, asking asking for a friend here, perhaps several friends. How <laughs> how can Netflix actually tell if you're sharing that password? OK, so we should learn more details on this when they actually launch the pay to share. But we know that Netflix can perhaps ask you to verify your address there or your device. They're also looking at things like IP address, your device wow. ID, your account activity. Wow. That's mm. a big one. But by and large, Netflix says, you know, we're really going after in this crackdown people who are persistently sharing the most repeat abusers when it comes to password sharing. They're okay. coming for you. They're, They're coming, coming for, for, oh, for us, perhaps, I should say. Yeah, and how many years in prison do you get? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the sentence. No, time for everyone to get straight. Yes. Come clean yes. before they come to you and right. it's awkward. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. For the warning. Mr. Roker, what you got? For hey, the I'm a guy named Spike. I'm here to see how many passwords you have. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> or, you know, you get that ad-supported peacock. That's a fabulous Low alternative. price. Low price. That's it. You go. And so much and check out uh, Poker Face. It's fantastic. Anyway, uh, a typical month of the first snow, October in the plains, November in the Midwest, January down to the south. And guess what? We have had a snowless January so far uh, for New York. Atlantic City, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C. January 29th, the latest date of the first snow in New York. And you get into February as you get down the I-95 corridor. That could change with this latest storm system coming. The reason why we're not seeing snow is the warm temperatures. We're looking at upper 30s in Boston. That's above average. Nashville, St. Louis, chillier out west. Denver, 15 degrees below average. But those temperatures will continue to stay warm through tomorrow here in the east chilly out west, but then take a dip as we get into the weekend. 30s in Buffalo, 30s in Pittsburgh. New York City will warm up by uh, Saturday to 46 degrees. And that is your latest weather, guys. Okay. Savannah, you're going to love my pop star today. We've got the Roger Federer documentary. (gasps) What? We've got a first look at it. Watching Roger transform into what you already call him, a piece of art. Oh, my God. Plus, guys, get your Oscar bracket nominations ready. They're out this morning. We're going to break them all down. But first, these messages. You can host the best backyard barbecue. 
when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.